What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to the latest edition of Sports Ball. In this episode, Andrew and I catch up on the week that we missed. So the uh, conference championship games, the college football selections, Urban Meyer retiring. Uh, we also take a look at our predictions for the college football playoff, what bowls we think are going to be worth watching, uh, as well as talk about uh, college men's basketball and some of the stuff that's going on over there, and also a recap of MLS Cup. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Good evening, Cam. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing well. How are things in uh, central Illinois? Uh, pretty cold, actually. Yeah, but, you know, it is December, it is the season, so I will welcome the cold, because I know that in six months it's going to be disgusting, so. That's true. But we uh, we take a week off, and crazy things happen. Yeah, it's been a wild, uh, wild ten days or so. So, I, I want to start by talking about Urban Meyer retiring, first of all. Uh both as a fellow human and as a Michigan fan, I'm super happy about it. I'm happy about it from a human perspective because he's doing what he needs to do to put his health first so he can spend more time with his family. Mm-hmm. And as a Michigan fan, we've never beat him. So happy trails, man. Like <laughs> it's a win-win. He gets to take care of himself and Michigan gets to move on from a really sad seven year spell. So, kudos to you, Mr. Meyer. Yeah, it. Uh, I guess it's kind of like uh, when they interview the neighbor of the murder suspect, and they say, "Well, I'm uh, I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked." I, I kind of feel like that's how my reaction when uh, when it came down to him retiring was, you know, given given how uh, much he toiled and just looked so stressed at times this year, it really wasn't a surprise, and I. It hasn't come out, but I also would not be um, surprised either if he kind of led the the folks that made the decision not to you know, fire him after his suspension. If he kind of uh, let them on to, you know, this, this is likely going to be my final year, anyways, and, and that's why he he didn't face anything more than a what was it a three game suspension four game was it just it was, three it was three games yeah he yeah. didn't miss he didn't miss conference play at all right so that was a whole weird situation but yeah so he's retiring after the Rose Bowl um, which means that Ohio State did not finish fourth like I thought they would uh, instead Oklahoma finished fourth which I get it they're both one loss teams and Oklahoma's loss is better than Ohio State's but you would think that them destroying Michigan in, that, in, in the way that they did would have, you know, given them a fighting shot for four. But, you know, you lose to Purdue, you know, that reflects badly. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just weird that a team like Oklahoma that does not play defense is – is in the playoff and we don't have, there's no big 10 team in the playoff. It's just weird. And that, that's me being biased towards, you know, obviously where I grew up, where I'm from the conference that, you know, I've watched my whole life. Um, but at least it's not a second SEC team, you know, that's true. I'll agree with you there. And the fact that too, I think it, it stings a little bit. This is the second year in a row now 
But the Big Ten has not had a team in the playoff. And they're one of the leagues who has taken a step toward, um, you know, improving, I guess, the strength of schedule. They, they play the nine conference games, whereas the SEC doesn't. And I don't know, maybe maybe that needs to be evaluated. I don't know how far out. I, I think they've gone to, to 2022, 2023. So they've gone four or five years out with this nine-game schedule in place. So it'd be tough to maybe switch that back to an eight-game schedule. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, the, to me, it's not a strength schedule issue. It's a who your losses are to. Well, that, that's true. But, but at the flip side is if you were playing an eight-game schedule, Maybe maybe Purdue is left. Maybe they're the ninth game. Um, to you know, yeah. I mean, you, you, at the you, same time, at the same time, it's like if you can't beat Purdue. No, yeah, no. There's there's sides to both argument. You know, uh, yeah, arguments to both sides. Um, I, w- without I question, think, I think the issue for the Big Ten is that right now the best teams are all in the same division. It's very lopsided, especially this year. When you look at, you know, Northwestern came out of their division. Wisconsin had a down year. Nebraska, while having, you know, strong moments, you know, didn't make a bowl game. Uh, Iowa wasn't, you know. So that that division just currently right now doesn't have some of the, you know, solid programs that the other division is. But that being said, Penn, Penn State and Michigan State both had subpar seasons compared to what they did last year. Sure. What was expected of them. So it's just to me, it's more of a the Big Ten beats up on itself, and then in big moments doesn't get the job done. Yeah, and on the flip side, you know, I would also say the ACC championship, Pittsburgh played Clemson, so there wasn't a whole lot of balance in that conference either. Right, but but my point is is that Clemson is in a class of its own nationally, right. let alone in their conference. But as you saw this year, Michigan, Ohio State. Penn State, like, beat each other up. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it is what it is. And the bottom line to me is like, look, if Ohio State can't beat Purdue and if Michigan can't beat Ohio State, then they don't deserve to be in the playoff. And it kind of sucks, but that's what it is. You know, there's the top four get in and we lost two games. That's not good enough. Yeah. I think it's cyclical too. You know, if we get to, if we get three or four years down the road and the East champion is a top five team that is consistently playing a West champion that is ranked in the low teens, early or high twenties, then maybe, yeah, there's a long-term issue that has arisen. That's um, that there is a clear imbalance in the divisions. Yeah. However, I, I think that, you know, you know, Michigan is so so close to to breaking through. I mean, look at all the years that Clemson would shoot itself in the foot in late October, early November in the ACC schedule, and they finally you know broken through. It's like, get, could you give Harbaugh another year or two, especially with Urban retiring, to make him kind of make Michigan kind of the elite Big Ten program that they do clear the Notre Dame hurdle, they do clear the Ohio State hurdle on a regular basis, and they don't drop. They're, they're, Michigan didn't have a close game outside of those two games. So, uh, I think... Well, I, the Northwestern game was close. True. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Most of them were not. I, but I think given the 
the the program stability. I think Michigan. I think Ohio State's probably fine for another year or two. Like we won't really see what Ryan Day is made of. I think until probably twenty twenty one. I think the the third year is when we'll really start to see kind of where that program stands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, s- similar to to Lincoln Riley with Oklahoma. Uh, how good a shape did Bob Stoops leave the program? And two years out, could could Stoops have been leading this this team to the the playoff? Maybe next year we see a little more chink in the uh, or, or another chink in the armor for Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, I, long term it'll be interesting to see how the 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 divisions balance in the Big Ten. Yeah. So let's move on to the the college football playoff games. You've got Alabama versus. Uh, Oklahoma, and then Clemson versus Notre Dame. And I think it's a foregone conclusion that Alabama beats Oklahoma. I mean, I'm going to say it for the 95th time, Oklahoma doesn't play defense. And I think two is going to put up 70 points that game. 70 points? I I don't – They gave up 50-whatever to West Virginia. West Virginia is a good team. Will Greer is a good quarterback. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, because because here's the deal too is Alabama has a good defense, so they're going to get the ball back. They're going to slow Oklahoma down. I Oklahoma think that, still might score thirty five, heck even forty, just because they're that good on offense. But I think that's I'm not a, saying I'm not saying they will score seventy. I'm saying, like as I said earlier, if it happens, I will not be surprised. I think that's a game going into the fourth quarter. Wow, it may be a three. They may lose by three touchdowns, but I think it's a. I think. It's a a ten less than ten point game going into the fourth quarter. Well, I, I think for everyone watching that, that would be better, be more compelling television, you know, more interesting game for sure. But I mean, both both games. Well, last time I checked, or last time I saw, they were both carrying double digit lines. Um, yeah, which I think is a bit disrespectful to Notre Dame. But hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think Clemson wins, but double-digit line, that's saying something. Yeah, it is, especially in the neutral field. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I I think that the the best national championship game, well, a a third version, or would it be a fourth version of Alabama? No, it would be a third version of Alabama. Clemson, that'd be fine. But I think Oklahoma-Clemson would be well, – we probably won't get there, but it would be an interesting game. I don't know. I'm, I'm a hater on the Sooners. So. I, I do not want Alabama-Notre Dame again. We've seen, we've seen that episode. Yeah. The episodes of, of Alabama-Clemson have been good, but I think Oklahoma's offense from a – Spectator perspective is pretty, pretty good to watch. Yeah, yeah, on offense, I'll give you that. Are there any other uh, bowl games that you are excited to watch? Um. Oh wait, timeout. The other thing, too, real quick, is I forgot that Georgia is ranked fifth and Oklahoma or and Ohio State is ranked sixth. So a two-loss Georgia team. Yeah, ranked ahead of the Big Ten champion, and I would imagine that's, that has something to do with the fact that they took Alabama to the to the brink. 
I just if I'm Ohio State, I'm super super pissed that we finished behind a two loss team that didn't even win their conference. And like I get it, apparently conference championships only play a small role in it. But I, if I were them, I'd be mad. But again, that must show how poorly the committee thought the the loss to Purdue, you know, was. But you got to take into account the wins too. Yep. As far as other bowl games, the Alamo Bowl between Iowa State and Washington State has been intriguing just because those are very contrasting styles. Um, I mean, the other than other than that, there's nothing that you think oh, I I can't miss that. Um, so no, well, I, I think I think UCF and LSU will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, they could be. I think just the when the the non power five team is is really good, I think that's always an added factor of intrigue. Um, but I mean, I know where the the Michigan people stand on playing Florida for the eighth time in six years or whatever <laughs> statistic it is. Yeah, well, we beat them most of the time when we played them, so. The, uh, the the you know when Tebow was there and they won the he, the national title he won the Heisman then they won the national title again that that year in between Michigan beat Florida in the bowl game we beat them last time when Jim McElwain was the coach who I really dislike um, so I mean obviously I'm gonna watch that game um, I would love for Harbaugh to get a bowl win that would be really nice we didn't win our bowl game last year so other than that um, I think that. Um, yeah, UCF, LSU, and the Fiesta Bowl, and then I think the Rose Bowl will be good just because I'm I like Washington, uh, I like their coach, I like their their program, um, and I think it'll be a good game because I think Ohio State's going to play angry. Washington's going to show up, and you know, again, I'm a Big Ten guy, so the Rose Bowl always has a special, you know, special uh, importance um, kind of in in our schedule. So, but other than that, there's a whole like I don't. I don't care about Texas and Georgia. No. I could care less about Utah and Northwestern, Stanford and Pitt, like whatever. Speaking of Harbaugh, um, I hope he is preparing for the game because last I saw him, he was at Taylor's Silent Night. Shut up. He was at Silent Night? Uh, there was a, uh, a student dressed to the T oh. like Harbaugh. <laughs> and then and then he, he apparently uh, impersonated him for the duration of the game. Oh Bent over, gosh. hands on the knees. Temp- <laughs> was he wearing cleats? I don't think he was wearing cleats, but he he had a whistle, the sharpie, the the hat, the khakis, <laughs> the long sleeve. He had a, the glasses. He he had it down uh, to a T. Oh my gosh! I can't believe I fell for that. I was I was like, how did I not know? Anyways, that's funny. I'll have to look that up. That's very funny. You want to talk a little uh, college basketball? Yeah, yeah. You know. Have you have you been watching much? Uh, a decent amount. I mean, I watched the Nebraska Creighton game on uh, Saturday night. Uh, I saw Kentucky lost to Seton Hall. Um, I, yeah, Gonzaga just lost. Gonzaga Tennessee. lost to Tennessee. Villanova. I didn't realize this game was in Lawrence, uh, but Villanova comes to Kansas on Saturday. 
Oh, yeah. man. Dude, they're playing a tough schedule early, Villanova. And Kansas. I mean, Kansas has played Michigan State. They're going to play Villanova. Um, they just – did they did they play Duke? No, they played Michigan State in the Champions Classic. Um, oh, that's right. How, who they – they just played somebody at the Sprint Center on Saturday and nearly got beat. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a great game on Saturday. But, yeah, it, this is kind of that – well – Two two things. First of all, what the Big Ten did playing two conference games this right this time of year, I think, is brilliant. And oh, really? Why is that? Because after we get through the Thanksgiving holiday, like the, the first two or three weeks of of basketball, we kind of hit this lull of of meaningful games. We we get a few here and there. We get. Louisville, Indiana. We get Kentucky, Seton Hall. I mean, we get some Power Five matchups: Tennessee, Gonzaga. We get, but um, not a whole lot of. They're just more for resume building. Mm-hmm. But to have, but to be able to, for the Big Ten teams to to either start out two and two, one and one, or two and zero, oh, one and one, or zero oh and two, uh, I think it just. It creates a, a a level of drama uh, this time of year that I think is is awesome. I mean, there were great games last week. Last what well, they played them over uh, about a ten day period. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic move. Now last year they did it because they had to play the tournament early at Madison Square Garden because of the contractual obligations of the arena. This year, you know, the their teams didn't do as well in terms of seeding and getting the tournament last year as much as they had hoped. Uh, and so they went to a 20 game schedule based on what the committee, you know, kind of desires. They went to a 20 game conference schedule to get all 20 in. They've got to play a couple before Christmas. And I think it's a fantastic move. I think you might see other conferences, conferences follow. Yeah. It's, it was just really nice to watch games that matter, right, right. you know, like it's, and I, I said, every game matters. Not not in in the sense that it doesn't football, but like, you know, you can erase a bad loss early in the season of basketball that won't affect you too much. But giving the players, especially the younger guys, that taste of conference basketball at a time like as you said, when the games might not necessarily uh, feel that important. Um, I mean, being being in you know, a conference opponent's gym or having them in yours. And just, I mean, everyone takes conference play more seriously. The coaches, the players, the fans especially. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was super nice. And Michigan got a true road test against Northwestern, a team they should have beat by a lot more than what they yep. did. But it's it's moments like that where you can, you know, the team can gel and galvanize. And, you know, and luckily for Michigan, like their defense played so well that they were able to still pull the game out even though they weren't hitting all their shots. Um, but, yeah, I think I agree with you. It's it's a really uh, good twist. And, you know, sometimes uh, having your back up against the wall makes, uh, you know, creative decisions that, uh, you know, improve the, the product for the better. Yep. So, and I think it, it creates a great sense of urgency, too, when the when the full schedule arrives. So whatever, I think another couple of weeks here, we usually around the first of the year, you know, you've got – a handful of teams that are zero and two. That now that third game to really get conference seat. I mean, that is in a, a huge game. 
And then you've got the, the Michigans. I don't know who they start off with, but you've got those teams that, you know, they've now got that momentum from two weeks ago in the standings. And they're looking for a, you know, really a quick now 4-0 start. And and so I, I just think it, it adds a level, like I said, of drama that um, no other conference has because the Big Ten is the only one that, that does it this way now. And I think, I think others will follow. Yeah, well, Michigan, um, their first conference game isn't even, uh, let's see, not until January. It's Penn okay. State. Is that is that on the but, road? Uh, no, it looks like it's okay. at home. I think we have like six in a row at home, um, which is nuts. But, yeah, we play Western Michigan Air Force and then uh, – Binghamton University Bearcats. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like Nebraska. They play Oklahoma State on Saturday, and then it's a couple of of kind of cupcakes to round out the the pre Christmas, and then after Christmas, it's it's into the Big Ten. I don't know what their how their schedule shakes out. They played Illinois and Minnesota in their first two, and they went one and one. They blew a thirteen point second half lead. Um, against Minnesota on the road, and that would have been a, a big win. But now you hope that Minnesota plays well the rest of the way, and that doesn't turn out to be too bad a loss. Yeah. Man, I'm just looking at their schedule, and they play they play Michigan State twice in the span of two weeks. Nebraska does? No, uh, oh. Michigan. So Michigan goes Michigan State, Nebraska, Maryland, Michigan well, State, so that'll be a fun way to end. But it's you know my my solace in in Michigan blowing it against Ohio State is that our basketball team is just straight fire right now. It's incredible. Beat Villanova by twenty seven. Beat North Carolina by seventeen. Uh, fun fact: before the North Carolina game, which I believe was our sixth or seventh game, Michigan basketball had given up 61 or fewer points in every game. North Carolina scored 64. Guess, uh, do you remember how many points Michigan football gave up against Ohio State in just one game? Was it 63? It was 62. So our basketball team in six games had not given up as many points as the football team gave up. So I just that was quite comical and made me cry a little bit. And, and I'll, we've talked about John Beeline on the show before, but Michigan isn't landing a bunch of one and dones. The the way they just go about how the program operates, I think it was so impressive. And they just they just kind of quietly march along. And um, you know, this year they're not as much under the radar as maybe they were in previous years. But you know, they'll they'll be a top one or two seed probably in Chicago in the Big Ten tournament. And they'll be a probably a two or a three, maybe even a one this year in the NCAA. And they'll. It's not a team you want to face. Yeah, it's it's fun to know that we're the team on people's schedules where they go, oh crap! Like that's it's been a long time since that's happened for Michigan basketball. Like we've made, you know, we've won Big Ten tournaments, we've made the national championship, but a lot of that was just you know scrappy play and hard work. And um, but now I think the country realizes, like, oh crap. These kids can play, and they play solid defense. They make the extra pass. They win almost every 50-50 ball. They don't c- turn the ball over. They don't commit fouls. Um, and they're just fun to watch. Yep. 
and we've got a stud freshman who no one knew anything about until this year. Um, Ignas Brazdakis from Canada, who's like, I think, I don't know what he's averaging, but he's, he's had multiple 20 plus point games. Um, anyways, it's just fun. It's, it's everyone should get the opportunity to, at some point in their life, root for a team in a sport they love. That's just top notch, you know? And for yes. me, for me, the Fab Five was when I was like three and four, so I obviously don't really remember it. But that was the last time Michigan basketball had national like staying power, you know. And then of course that right. all, that all exploded because uh, Fisher was doing things, you know, mm-hmm. incorrectly. So, anyways, it's just fun. It's fun. Um, did you watch the MLS Cup at all, or do you not even care? I did. That was uh, Saturday night. Yeah, after the yeah. Heisen ceremony. Yeah, I, fl- I flipped over. Um, I, I tasted a buddy and I said, I have to imagine that Europe just finds it to be. Uh, I'm too far back on the text to know what I said, but it, it's embarrassing for the United States that we played our uh, league final on the turf field. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think that the purists across the pond just find that to be a, uh, you know, I think uh, the purists across the pond don't even know that because well, <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, that's what he said. He said, they, "Well, they don't even, they don't even care." It's kind of like both, you're, we're we're both right here, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's awesome to see a, a Atlanta as a city have success, yeah. uh, <laughs> and the franchise, the franchise only be two years old, but just the. The scene. I mean, um, dude, the atmosphere was nuts. Yeah, seventy thousand strong. Seventy three thousand at yeah. a, at an MLS game, and it's like their twentieth game where they've had over seventy thousand people. Yeah, and um, I think Sporting KC Stadium holds like thirteen or fifteen thousand. It's it's up around twenty. Oh, is it up around twenty? Okay, yeah. Still, that's over three times as many people. Right. They they essentially. Uh, They'd have to fill Arrowhead that way on a nightly basis, and I just don't think they they would. Yeah, um, yeah. It speaks a lot to Atlanta and what they've they've got. I mean, they've they've tapped they've tapped something there. Um, yeah, it's it was impressive to see. Good good to see for the. I mean, there's those hot spots: Portland, Seattle, Kansas City, Atlanta. That soccer really thrives in from a MLS standpoint. Uh-huh. But that yeah, it's kind of beyond. Beyond even the realm of MLS success, I mean, it, I, I saw it. I should have saved it. Um, and I think if you were to put all the average world attendance for clubs in a list, Atlanta was like top ten in the world. It, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, well, I mean, it helps that they're playing in an NFL stadium for sure. Right. Yeah, the the. Uh, Sporting, um, you know, played in a NFL stadium once upon a time. <laughs> you mean you mean the Wiz? They also played in an uh, independent baseball league stadium at one point. So that franchise has come a long ways. Yeah. Uh, so the game itself wasn't. Um, I mean, everyone knew Atlanta was going to win. Like it was just one of those Portland. 
was the the Cinderella of the playoffs. They won on the road both rounds. They had to go through Sporting KC, and they did. Um, but every, everyone knew that this was Atlanta's to lose. Um, the game itself uh, finished 2-0. Um, it was a good game. It wasn't, you know, like one for the ages, but it was a good, solid soccer game that had its moments and had its, you know, good saves and good tackles and hard fouls and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, the losing coach blaming the referees and, you know, all, all the good stuff. Um, but I think what's most interesting is what Atlanta's going to look like next year because their coach, Tata Martino, uh, used to coach Barcelona, or he was their manager. Uh, and so he, he was at Barca for, I think, three years. You had Leo Messi and, and all those guys. And then, and then uh, I can't remember if he stepped down or got fired. Um, but then he comes to MLS, which is a huge get. Cause he's, and he also coached, uh, I believe he coached Argentina's national team for a year or two. I could be wrong on that. But, like, this is a world-renowned, you know, people know him because of where he's coached. So to get him in the MLS is crazy. He built this team from the ground up he's going to go be Mexico's national team coach now so that was his last game and then one of their best players uh Almiron uh has been linked with a bunch of ties to Europe so it's possible you know and there's an expansion draft coming because Cincinnati's joining the league next year um and I just saw a thing that Atlanta exposed their uh captain Michael Parkhurst he's he's available in the expansion draft if Cincinnati wants him so it's, it's really interesting that Atlanta could go from these two crazy years to being completely different next year. New coach, you know, um, defensive and offensive cornerstones gone. So it's, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's always – it's interesting when at the end of a season so much is still up in the air for what's going to happen next year, you know. Especially after, right. you win it, after you win the championship. Like, that's crazy. So – Anyways, the game just got me excited for soccer again. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I fired up my uh, refired up my career on FIFA recently too. There's less to watch on TV during the week now, so I'm back to playing some <laughs> PS4. Nice. What uh, what team is your guy playing for right now? Um. Um. What is it? Bayerkusen, Bayerkusen, Bayer Leverkusen. Yes, there you go. You're in the Bundesliga. Yes, Bundesliga one. Yeah. What uh, what positions you guy play? He's striker. He already has. Well, he we had some international time, but he's already got 12 goals on the season. Nice. And his his value is like 89 million. Bro, Take I think if lunch. I, I think if I can get him up around 100 million, then I can go in and request a. Uh, uh, trade, and maybe I could land in Europe or you know in the uh, one of the higher leagues. But Bundesliga is not bad right now. No, uh, Bundesliga is one of the top five in the world. So yeah, yeah. But you're talking like playing for like Chelsea or Real Madrid or Barca, right? PSG, or, right? Yeah, one of those clubs that just throw stupid money around. Yes. Well, best of luck, sir. Thank you. Uh, anything, uh, any parting thoughts? I don't think so. It's almost bowl time. Most wonderful time of the year. We've got what? 40, 40 bowls to, come, to play over the next three weeks. Yikes. That's a lot I'm of a, games. I'm a little disappointed on two fronts. First of all, um, the Hawaii bowl is not being played on Christmas Eve this year. That's kind of like a Christmas Eve staple. You have it on the background. It's snowing outside, but it's like 80 and sunny down there. 
And then the second thing is the playoff games are being played on December 29th this year, which is exceptionally early. You know, they've been played on the first a couple of years, and then uh, they were played New Year's Eve one year, and that didn't go over very well. And now they've been – we're playing them that Saturday night, the 29th. So that's a bit of a, a bit of a bummer. But there will be still plenty of football to be played over the over the New Year holiday. Uh, it would just be nice if we had those two games to look forward to the night of, of New Year's Day. Well, I'll be traveling on New Year's Day like the idiot that I am. So I'm okay with them not being that day. That's true. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's it for now. We'll speak next week. Indeed. I wish I had a better way to end the show, but I don't. So, sorry. <laughs> Happy holidays. All right, man. See ya. <laughs>